Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 72 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're going to have a hoot. My guest today is Josh Ashton. He is a digital creative director in Atlanta, Georgia. We talk about how his dad was an artist, so art and creative was always around while he was growing up. He tells us a story that hurts our feelings because it is about a project that Josh felt some pain. He spotted some red flags, chose to ignore them because you know what? It'll be okay, guys. It'll be okay. How many times have we all done that? So he tells us about that story. We talk about the project that he is the most proud of. It involves a fabric company and the U.S. Olympic sailing team. And that's all I'm going to say about it. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Josh Ashton. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Good morning, Josh. How are you, sir? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Excited to get into this one, so I don't want to waste any more time. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Yeah, so I am a digital creative director and designer uh, based in Atlanta, Georgia. Awesome. And we were just chatting before we hit record. You've got a couple of kids, and you keep yourself busy? Very, very busy, yes. You're an outdoors (laughs) guy? You're an indoors guy? What do you like to get up to on your free time? Oh, man. Stepping away from a screen. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely got to be outdoors. Um, got to at least, you know, get outside a little bit during the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, stepping away from a desk is, is pretty important to me. Mountain bike, is there a big uh, surf culture in Atlanta, Georgia there? Or what, what do you get up to? Oh, man, uh, there's, a, there's a pretty big mountain bike community here. Um, definitely into that. Um, cool. We're uh, my, my family and I, we've only been down here for about a month now. So we recently oh, wow. relocated from... Uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina. So we're still kind of in, you know, that phase of, you know, discovering everything down here, exploring, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, kind of figuring out, uh, you know, different neighborhoods and all that sort of stuff. So what was the reason for the move? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, yeah, really just for work. Um, I, I just started at a, uh, at an agency called AKQA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, uh, really, you know, it's one of those places that, uh, you know, really ever since I started my career, I've just always looked up to, um, just had tremendous respect for the work that they've done. Um, the culture that they've created, um, it's just one of those places that I've, I've always wanted to work for. Um, you know, when an opportunity arose, it was, uh, it was a pretty easy decision. That is cool. So just continually keeping your eye on them and then an opportunity came up. Absolutely. Yep. That's great. All right, so I want to go back even further, and I want to chat about your childhood and hear what that was like, and and if you had a creative childhood that you think maybe pointed you in this career path. Absolutely, yeah. Um, So I grew up in uh, rural Virginia, Mm -hmm. um, really middle of nowhere, (laughs) 
place called Smith Mountain Lake, uh, Virginia. Okay. Um, my dad, um, my dad's an artist. Um, and so that's, you know, always kind of been an influence in my life. Um, you know, from when I was a toddler, um, you know, starting to, to draw and sketch and just kind of explore different mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my parents have always really, uh, have done a really great job of like always trying to nurture that. Um, I'm, I'm the oldest of four kids and, um, with all of us, they've always, you know, really tried to, to push us towards things that we're passionate about, mm-hmm. um, and then really kind of nurture that and, uh, you know, kind of push us in those, in those, uh, different directions. That's great. So as a kid, were you sort of outside playing? Were you inside doing art with dad? All of that, man. Um, yeah, I grew up with, uh, <laughs> I grew up on a gravel road. I had cows on three sides of me. <laughs> um, so, you know, when I said middle of nowhere, I mean, it yeah. really was, you know, out in the country. Um, so we were constantly, you know, in the woods building tree forts and, you know, shooting BB guns and fishing. Nice. And, um, you know, my parents would really just sort of, you know, release us in the morning and we'd come back at night for dinner and, you know, we just had a, had a, had a really great childhood. Um, you know, and then in, in addition to that, um, you know, art has always just been like a big part of my life. Um, you know, I always wanted to be more of a fine artist and mm-hmm. uh, kind of kind of focus on that and visual art side. Um, so, you know, my dad, um, you know, played a huge role in that. Um, you know, kind of, kind of teaching me sort of, um, you know, pushing me in those, in that direction and then sort of just kind of opening up my eyes to, to, you know, beautiful art in the world. And, um, you know, and that ultimately, you know, led to a career in design. So hopefully there's no, no pun intended with this one, but what kind of picture or paint a picture of what sort of art your dad was into and what sort of art he created? Oh man, that, my dad's all over the place. Um, he's my dad's an incredibly talented guy. I've, I've always just looked up to him, um, and and he's always been a huge creative influence in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, he's he was mixed media artist. He he did a lot of watercolor. He did a lot of airbrush work. Um, he did a lot of just you know traditional um, you know sketching and charcoal and pen and ink. Um, you know he's he he's really. Uh, like I said, he's a super talented guy. That's cool. So I want to then ask if there's a moment in your, in your past that you remember where maybe art or design just clicked and you started pursuing it for, you know, in a more serious way. Um, was there, was there a moment where you just started seeing more of it out in the world and what did you start to see? Yeah, I think, um, I think that was probably like high school, um, you know, junior, senior year of high school, probably, you know, right as everybody's, you know, sort of figuring out what they want to do in college or, you know, if they want to attend college. Um, and I, you know, I'd always intended to go to school for, for fine art, for visual Mm -hmm. art, for studio art. And, um, you know, around that time I was pretty, uh, pretty into, you know, like skate culture and punk rock music and, snowboarding as well. And, you know, I think I I hear, you know, a kind of a similar story from a lot of other designers too, that, you know, that kind of culture sort of introduced them to, to graphic design and kind of opened up their eyes. And it was very much the same for me. Um, you know, in high school I was, um, you know, creating at the time I didn't call it graphic design. It was Mm -hmm. album artwork for, you know, friends, bands in school or, 
Um, you know, I would create graphics for a, you know, snowboard, you know, stuff like that, you know, imaginary projects that I would make up just to kind of challenge myself. And really at the time, you know, I wanted to push my visual art skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of, you know, design principles ultimately kind of crept in there and it really kind of opened up my eyes to, you know, Hey, I can make a, a career, um, you know, out of commercial art or out of graphic design. Um, and that ultimately led to, you know, what I pursued in, in college and, um, what I've really focused on my entire career, of course. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because probably 50% of the interviews I've done, um, punk culture, skate culture, um, you know, indie band culture and music, those are the three biggest sort of influences that people get into and they're like, oh, I just like that skate logo and they're a skateboarder or um, they loved uh, album art or something from from a band, you know, and that was their the moment where they looked and were like, that's cool. I want to do that. How do I do that? Um, so it's really interesting you say that, that, um, you know, it's not just me as an interviewer that's seeing these similarities that it's, it's pretty common out there. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd like you to take us to, and, and tell me a bit about the most influential design or piece of art um, in your life so far something that you've seen, maybe it was something that you were a part of, but something that, that influenced your career. Man, I think, um, I don't know if I can really pinpoint that to, to, to one project or like Mm -hmm. one piece of graphic design or even artwork. Um, I think, you know, probably as like a freshman in college, um, I really started diving into, you know, to, to some of the works from, from some of the, you know, great graphic design masters. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think just being exposed to like a range of styles, um, kind of really opened my eyes up to, to the potential, um, of design. Um, I think in particular, um, you know, some of the work that, um, that Pentagram has done, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more on the digital side, like area 17, um, uh, you know, some of those sort of, um, firms that, that just make classic timeless design pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's when it really started to, to kind of click for me. And, and, and that's the, the type of work that I wanted to pursue. Um, you know, I think kind of at, at, at first, as I was first introduced to design, it was definitely more, like I said, on the sort of marketing side, mm-hmm. um, you know, creating album artwork or, you know, snowboard graphics or whatever. And when I started to see some of the, some of the work that was out there from some of the firms um, that I just mentioned, um, it really kind of, kind of took my expectations of what design can do to a whole new level, you know, and, and I would kind of compare it to, um, to, to more of like architecture, right. Mm -hmm. Where you're, you know, you're creating something that's lasting, um, that's meaningful and it's not just a, you know, a marketing tool or whatever. So I think that's, um, you know, the, that kind of work, uh, is, is really, um, was really sort of the catalyst for me to just kind of go all in, uh, you know, on a design career. So not really one specific, um, project, but sort of a collective of beautiful, timeless work that, um, through high school just influenced you and kept, you know, igniting that design fire, keeping you going in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. So in the last uh, answer, you had mentioned a couple of different firms that you've looked up to and sort of followed along. Um, But do you have any other designers or brands that you look up to or closely follow? And what is it about them that you like? Yeah, I, uh, 
probably not individual designers mm-hmm. as much. Um, but th- there's definitely some firms um, that I that I really you know uh, kind of keep on my radar and constantly kind of checking for you know what's the newest thing that they've done. Um, you know, obviously Pentagram being one. I mentioned Area 17. Um, I think the folks at uh, Instrument out in Portland are just doing some incredible work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's there's definitely you know where I'm at right now, AKQA. I mean, I'm surrounded by just incredible talent, uh, incredibly incredible young talent as well. So um, you know, it's pretty inspiring to kind of come into the studio every day and, and see what people are working on. Um, I've always tried to to um, to also just sort of seek out inspiration like outside of the specific mediums that I work in. Yep. For um, sure. So you know, looking into the field, you know, of architecture, of, of obviously, you know, any any kind of art as well, um, you know, and then also music as well, just to to kind of pull different uh, you know different areas of inspiration from. Mm-hmm. That which is great because there's so many different venues of um, different avenues of design out there and being able to sort of pull them in and mix the worlds is, is a really cool thing. Um, you had mentioned instrument in the last one. I'm not sure if you listened, but I actually interviewed um, well, a senior designer from instrument uh, named Sean Clausen, just maybe like 10 or 12 episodes ago. I did. I actually, uh, I oh, actually awesome. listened to that on the, uh, on the way to work the other day. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Super cool. Um, I want to ask about your specific design process and I want to hear from you about what maybe makes your process a little bit unique or a little bit different than, you know, what you would describe as a stereotypical process. Man, um, I am not much of a process guy, um, (laughs) which has been pretty unfortunate for a lot of the folks who've worked with me. Um, I, I think it's, you know, starting with research, obviously, um, and then inspiration and then ultimately concept and execution. Mm -hmm. Um, it's different for every single project that I've ever worked on. Um, it can happen, you know, right away. It might take me days to really kind of dig into a project and kind of, you know, start, start thinking about ideas or start pulling inspiration. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the common theme to, to all that is it's, it's pretty messy. Um, (laughs) And, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I've definitely, I've been fortunate in my career to partner with people who are more process oriented. I've worked with some really great producers and really great project managers that can kind of rein me in, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I, like I said before, I mean, it's, to me, it's really about finding inspiration, finding the right idea. And I think that can happen at any time. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's a slow buildup. Sometimes you kind of get it right away. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, um, to, to produce really great work, I think any kind of process needs to be scalable and needs to be able to adapt to that kind of workflow. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, um, you know, as you know, I've been leading teams and leading projects and that sort of thing, um, I've tried to find that right balance between, you know, putting on you know, having the right guide rails for a team to get to the right solution, but then also, you know, giving everyone flexibility to kind of explore their own different ways of, of coming to the work and their own different processes. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, you know, it's all about, you know, that final solution. And if you're, if it's meeting the the goals of the project or not. 
So then it's not really a matter of what is your individual process, but you've kind of become a cultivator of many processes as a leader. You've had to sort of allow designers to flex their process um, to sort of come to a unique creative solution for whatever problem you're trying to solve. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think, you know, as a, as a art director, as a creative director, whatever, um, you know, everybody works differently, right? Like everybody has their own way of problem solving, has their own way of approaching a project. Mm -hmm. And I think your job as a creative lead is to really just get the best work out of your team. And, you know, you need to be flexible and you need to understand and, and know, you know, the people that you're working with, um, you know, how they want to work, how they, you know, how they might need to work um, to do their best work possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously, um, you know, that that needs some guide rails and it, you know, it, it needs some some milestones and some check ins. But, um, you know, I think um, with creative people, especially you really just need to let them kind of do their thing sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. And you need to make sure that your team still feels ownership over the, over the thing that they're creating. And I think a, a really strict process, um, can be detrimental to that sometimes. Oh, well said. No, I couldn't agree more. So the next couple of questions I have for you, Josh, sort of take you down part of your career where you maybe made some mistakes, maybe learned some lessons. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> But ultimately, in the end, I'll ask some happy questions and we'll turn the bus around. Right on. What has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Man, I, there's, there's been different, different, uh, different periods where, you know, throughout my career where I've faced you know, different challenges as mm-hmm. I've you know, kind of transitioned into different roles or you know, worked at different agencies. I think probably the, the toughest period for me, though, was when I was really uh, just first starting out, mm-hmm. um, you know, right out of college, um, working, at, I went right into a, a really small ad agency, um, you know, and, and for me, like, that that was really always my goal, like, to, to work at an agency, to work in a design studio, um, you know, I've, I've never really... I've never really felt the draw of like working on the client side or working mm-hmm. for a big tech company or anything like that. Um, so, you know, it's always really been studios and agencies. So would you, um, would you say maybe the reason for that is just the variety and, you know, you're not constantly working on developing and working a brand for one specific company. You know, you're constantly having new challenges brought forward. I think that's part of it. I think mm-hmm. that's also, I think that can also be a very good thing for young designers. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. I'm, I, I'm a big proponent of smaller studios, um, especially when you're first starting out in your career, because you're going to do a lot of work and you're going to do a lot of different things. Um, and you're going to be exposed to, you know, like you said, a lot of different clients, a lot of different projects. Um, and I think like, I think for me, the challenge was more, I was trying to fit, you know, I was a designer, right? Mm-hmm. But I was trying to figure out what kind of designer I wanted to be, like what I wanted to focus on if I wanted to specialize in something. Um, and I think for me, you know, being in that small studio environment, it exposed me to a lot of different ways of working and it exposed me to a, a lot of different things that I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, I think the downside of that was small studio, fast environment, quick pace, 
not really a learning environment, at mm -hmm. least the, the studio that I first started out at. Um, and I think there's a lot of really great studios who, who can take young designers and really kind of help them figure out some of those things that I was struggling with and help them really grow in their career and can be a launch pad for really great things. Um, the place I was at, we were just trying to be everything for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just, you know, constantly being pulled in, in different directions. And it was almost one of those things where I, I felt like I got okay at a lot of different areas, you know, branding, advertising, you know, even illustration to some extent, uh, web design, but I never really got good at any of those things. Mm -hmm. I was just okay. Um, and I think, you know, I, I probably stayed there a little bit too long, but I went through, I guess, sort of an identity crisis with, you know, Hey, did I really make the right decision? You know, as far as a career path goes, um, is this really for me? Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I, you know, I, I kind of went to my next, next job at another agency that had just had a completely different culture, um, completely different type of client, completely different type of projects that I really, it really clicked for me that, okay, yes, like that was just, that was just that studio that I was at. This is not like the norm. Um, it kind of got my, I guess my career back on track and <laughs> So sort of less doubt, but it's kind of refreshed for you. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, when you're like 24 years old, it's kind of hard to complain about being burned out, but that's absolutely how I felt at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, it was just a change of scenery was, was really all that was needed. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people will be able to uh, resonate with that story and, and feel that story. Um, I want you to now take us to a specific design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. Um, maybe it was something that just failed in retail. Maybe it was something that fell flat in the boardroom. Um, take us to that story. What was that like and how did that feel? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I guess I could talk about this now. Right, so, so fairly recently, I guess last end, end of 2017, throughout half of 2018 mm -hmm. um we took on a project for um I'm not going to say the, the the brand but no, um fair enough. we took on a project for a uh for a large garage door manufacturer okay and so the assignment was to create a visualizer tool where a you know potential customer could you know basically take a picture of their garage door and then kind of you know visualize this company's product on their door um, you know, ultimately kind of pushing them down the purchase path um, mm. to, to contact the company, to contact the rep. Um, we, it, you know, this project had, had red flags from the start. Um, it was just such a cool opportunity that I kind of ignored them mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, was, was just trying to, trying to push through it and, hey, we can kind of make this work regardless. So what, um, the red flags that you said that you saw, are you able to sort of pinpoint what those are now and are you able to share those with us just to oh absolutely and it's one of those things where you know looking back it's like why the hell did i did we take this on you know they were all right there just warning signs all over the place but mm -hmm. um you know in the moment you, you get excited about you know the the project and about you know the the potential there it's 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 easy to to ignore those things sometimes mm -hmm. um so we um we were invited to, to pitch for this work. Um, and I guess the first red flag was we were the last agency invited to pitch. Um, we essentially had like a weekend to come up with 
creative solutions and an estimate and timeline, you know, all those other things typically included, um, you know, when you're pitching work. Um, so we, you know, we agreed to, to pitch, um, myself, a, uh, developer and a strategist basically spent the weekend coming up with what I still feel is a really great solution, um, to, to the problem, uh, mm-hmm. and to the, to the project itself. Um, and we created a prototype. We you know, did all this great stuff, really went above and beyond, especially considering the timeline that we had. Um, we were awarded the work, which was awesome. Um, we had, so the, the original ask was to design and develop this tool. Mm-hmm. So that's how we based our estimate. You know, that's how we really kind of, you know, based our solution, um, you know, on the assumption that we would also be building this in house. Um, so client, client awarded us the work. Um, you know, we, there was probably about a week in between when we were awarded the work and when the project actually kicked off. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, the client came back to us and, um, you know, admitted that they had kind of made a mistake. They had already awarded the development portion of the project to an offshore team Ooh. and they had already an existing contract with them and, you know, offshore teams, no big deal. I've had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of really great experiences working with offshore teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, you know, kind of just looked at it like, okay, this is just a minor, you know, bump in the road. We can kind of work past this. Um, so no big deal. Uh, we go to kick off the project with the client and, um, they're just somewhere along the way. Um, and I think this is just, you know, uh, either kind of like lack of education or just really just not caring at all on their end, but, um, they misinterpreted the scope of work. And so basically they thought that we were also going to handle all front end development. Um, so they kind of, you know, I, I remember, uh, the client, um, you know, asking us what HTML and CSS meant because they thought it was design. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty big red flag. Yeah. Um, anyway, we, we, we get into the project and, um, you know, it's just everything that can go wrong went wrong. Um, you know, timeline, client making decisions. Um, I think, you know, I I should have learned this by now, but anytime a client says we make decisions really easily and (laughs) you're speaking, you're speaking with the decision makers, um, it's probably not the whole truth. Um, and it certainly wasn't with this project. So it just, it just, you know, extended out. We blew past our, um, original, we blew past our original schedule, um, you know, the original schedule was like three months. The project ended up going on for the better part of a year. Uh, it still hasn't launched to my knowledge. Um, but it was just one of those things where, you know, at a certain point during the project, there was just a lot of tension, just giving, mm-hmm. you know, all the circumstances and all the, you know, everything changing. And somewhere along the lines, the client really stopped looking at, looking at us as a partner and looked at us as a vendor. Um, and you know, once we kind of got into that position, there was really nothing we could do to, mm-hmm. to really salvage that project and kind of get it back on track. So you're out of that project now. Yes. Um, how did that, how did that end? Did it end amicably or did it just sort of go sour and everything, everything broke down and that was it and everybody moved on or. Well, I mean, everybody moved on. We, we ended things on a, on a positive note, I think. I mean, it was just one of those situations where, you know, it's, yeah, 
it is what it is. And, you know, this happened guys. And, you know, we're, we're probably not going to work together in the future, but you know, we wish you the best of luck. Mm -hmm. Sort of look back and you go, could have, would have, should have, but here we are in this situation. So let's just make the best of it with what we have now. Absolutely. Got it. Oh man. Yep. I myself (laughs) have been in situations like that and I just, I feel for you. Oh man. It still bums me out thinking about it. So yeah. Oh man. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I pulled you down a horrible path. (laughs) Um, okay. I got one more question that's going to still hurt you a little bit and then (laughs) then I'll turn it around. (laughs) Um, what is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Man, not not specific to design. Um, It's just it's just more career oriented. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm uh, I'm a dad now. I've got got two little boys. Um, I'm I'm definitely struggling with balancing Mm -hmm. work and family life, and um, in particular, just being present. Yes. Um, when I'm with my family or even being present, um, you know, when I'm sitting in a meeting at work or if I'm, you know, uh, doing anything else. Um, I think, you know, like as a, really any, any creative, um, any good creative, you're constantly thinking about, you know, the thing that you're working on, you're constantly trying to solve a problem. Um, and it's really hard to kind of turn that off at Mm -hmm. times. Um, you know, especially, um, you know, when you've got, you know, two little kids yelling at you to turn Thomas the train on or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, for, for me, it's, it's, it's trying it, you know, right now it's finding that balance, um, where I, where I can feel like I'm, you know, still kicking ass at work, but I'm also, you know, being a good husband and being a good father. Man, I hear you there. Okay. I'm turning it around. Tell me now about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of. The one that just makes your heart sing, brings a big smile to your face. Yeah. Um, man, this is probably, I guess it's like four or five years old now. Um, we worked on a project for uh, a company called Sombrella Fabrics. Okay. So um, have you have you heard of? No, I haven't. Um, so they're an ingredient brand. Um, they basically make um, a lot of fabrics and a lot of upholstery that goes into furniture, um, outdoor furniture, indoor furniture. They also have a whole marine uh, line of their product. Um, So they produce like, um, you know, boat covers and um, things of that nature, uh, boat cushions, seats, stuff like that. Um, So we received a a pretty big assignment for them. Um, They were, they were uh, one of the primary sponsors of the 2016 u.s olympic sailing team oh cool um, so really cool opportunity for them tons of exposure just perfect for for the brand and everything they were about mm-hmm. um so they they really tasked us with you know hey how can we you know create some really cool marketing tactics to to really you know kind of get the most exposure that we can out of the sponsorship um and we uh we came up uh the, the agency I was at uh, in Charlotte, Ray Ward, we came up with this really great concept to basically follow and document um, these sailors, uh, the Olympic sailing team and the Paralympic sailing team leading up to the 2016 games in Rio. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we followed them, you know, all across the globe as they were training, as they were going to these qualifying events. Um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these people were really trying to make the team. Um, so we got to experience, you know, all of these great, like raw human emotions from, you know, dealing with injury to, to not making the cut to, you know, winning a qualifying event. Um, just all of these really great authentic moments. Um, and so we got to, to actually document that for, for really an entire year. Wow. Um, yes, that was an incredible project. And we, we uh, produced it entirely in-house, which is awesome um, for a small mid-sized agency. Um, but we, you know, we had a, uh, all of this great content that we created. Uh, it lived on social channels. It lived on this really cool microsite that we designed and built in-house. Um, and then sort of all of that kind of culminated in a uh, hour-long documentary uh, sort of at the end of the project, right before the games kicked off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that I, I've really never worked on something um, at that scale before. Um, and we had a, a pretty small team, and it was just one of those uh, one of those projects where just everybody's just kicking ass on it. Everybody's fully invested in it. Um, everybody just really cares about the work and it was just such a good experience. And everything um, at every point just felt right. Just felt like it fit. It, it absolutely felt like it fit. Um, you know, the client was on board, um, from day one. Um, and I think that project, you know, also kind of opened up my eyes to how we, or how, you know, we at the time presented work and sold work to our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, we were working under a, a very short timeline for the initial concept and to, to kind of get approval on a direction. So we had to show a lot of work in progress yep. um, for sort of that initial presentation. And it was just sort of this eye-opening moment that like, you know, hey, we don't always need to spend weeks, you know, putting together a super detailed presentation to, you know, make the big pitch and unveil this, you know, big idea. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of clients respond well to just, Hey, we're going to share some thoughts with you and we'd like to have a conversation and let's treat this as a collaborative, uh, you know, a collaborative relationship as opposed to us selling something to them. Um, and that was really, you know, really sort of a a catalyst for, for changing how we as an agency, uh, presented and, and, and sold work to our clients and how, you know, we started to invite them into that conversation much earlier as far as creative concept and execution goes. Man, that's great. And that's like the perfect marriage between, um, you know, agency, the perfect partnership between agency and customer. Absolutely. Yeah. So Josh, now it's time for the ask it forward question. I've got a bit of a heavy one for you from my previous guests, (laughs) but I'm looking forward to hearing your answer. And, uh, and then you have an opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. Now I'm not going to tell you who it is, but you can ask them anything. So the question I have for you is from Todd and Lucian over at uh, Burger and Fair. And they wanted to ask, what are you genuinely doing in your practice to improve the human condition? However you see it. Yeah, that's a tough question. Boom. Um, I, you know, I, I think this has kind of been something, I, I don't want to say I've been struggling with it, but it's definitely, um, you know, been on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, for the past several years, like, especially as I've, you know, gotten a little bit older and, you know, I have, have kids now and uh, that sort of thing. Um, you know, and it's, it's this idea that, you know, 
I feel like we as designers, we just have this incredible skill set that can really, um, you know, be used to make the world a better place, to Mm -hmm. make it a more positive place. Um, And, you know, a lot of us, um, and, you know, this is my background, um, you know, pretty much like we're just using that skill set to create marketing materials Mm -hmm. or to help companies sell something. Um, so for me, um, I've, you know, I've tried to carve out time and, um, in in particular, um, some places I've worked at, including Ray Ward have, have really been great about this, about carving out time to give back, to work on pro bono projects, um, to help educate the community, not just the design community, but the community as a whole, Mm -hmm. um, and really kind of carving out time and trying to balance that with, you know, work that pays and with client work. Um, I think for, for me too, it's, you know, I want to work on things that are meaningful, like even in my professional, you know, life, my, uh, projects that actually pay, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to do things that people are using. I want to make things that improve people's lives in some way. Um, and sometimes that could be, you know, a marketing campaign. Sometimes that could be a website. Um, oftentimes it's not, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it's sort of that pull of, you know, are we as designers finding ways to give back and finding ways to use our skill sets, uh, you know, for a greater good? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, probably am not doing enough of that. In fact, I know I'm not doing enough of that. Um, but it's something that, um, you know, I hope to, to continue to, to continually challenge myself to, to do more of Josh, just raining down with the honesty. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that That's answer. A tough question though, man. Yeah, definitely. A very tough question. Um, yeah. Check those guys out on Instagram, burger and fair. It's, uh, F O H R. Um, but they are doing some dynamite work and they've, uh, <laughs> I love what they're doing. So check him out. Um, Josh, what is your question that you would like me to ask of the next guest? Man. Um, so this was, a, I guess, a conversation I was having with a buddy the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to know, are they creatively fulfilled in their nine to five, in their primary job? Mm, and if okay. not, if they're not, what do they do outside of that to seek creative fulfillment? I love it. Josh, that's great. I'm going to ask that question of our next guest. You've made it to the end of the podcast, man. I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Quickie Podcast today. I really appreciate your time. If you haven't had the opportunity yet, could you please leave a review and a rating for the show on both iTunes um, and Spotify if you're using that? But iTunes is the real sweet spot. I would greatly appreciate it. I love looking at them. I love reading them and hearing what you guys have to say. Thanks again. Have an awesome day and we'll see you tomorrow.